You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Hey friends and welcome. So thankful that you're here with us today. However you're listening, wherever you're engaging, we're just happy to have you here with us. Today we are kicking off a brand new series. It is the holiday season. We just wrapped up Thanksgiving and Christmas is quickly approaching. I don't know where you are with all the holiday hustle and bustle. If you got your fill of Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales and you've got the Christmas list done or you're like, I haven't even started. Christmas tree is up. The decorations are up. And it does really seem interesting because it is a challenging year with the pandemic and everything going on, but I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems like there's a whole lot more Christmas decorations up this year. Just driving through our neighborhood and some neighborhoods around us, it seems like a lot more people put Christmas lights outside. I don't know exactly why that is, maybe just because it's been such a difficult season or it's been a really dark season, which really brings us to what this series is all about, Let There Be Light. That in the midst of all of the craziness, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of everything going on, that there can be light. And that's what we're going to talk about and unpack over the next couple of weeks. And I hope you can join us. And as we kick off this series, something that uh, I want to talk about is the importance of there being light in the darkness. Now, really, we don't have to highlight the darkness much, do we? We don't really have to go there and and dig up and explain all those things. But even in just normal life, sans everything else going on that's crazy in this year, there's just a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges. But even with the pandemic, even with the lockdowns and the restrictions and the distancing, that everything bad is on the rise. Suicides, divorce, relational issues, abuse, um, substance abuse, people being mentally, physically abused, sexual abuse. All of these things are up because it's just a dark season. And so with everything going on, it's really important for us to understand that this Christmas season is one of the best times of the year. For us as Christ followers, it's the Advent season, which means the coming. And the coming is... Is the gift that God has sent us, the gift of Jesus Christ, the one who came to be light in the darkness. And that's what we're going to unpack over the next couple of weeks. And I want to start by talking to you about a guy named Charles Spurgeon. Some of you are like, I have no idea. Maybe all of you are like, I have no idea. Who is Charles Spurgeon? Who is this guy? Well, you've heard of the king of rock and roll. That would be Elvis, right? And you've heard of the king of pop. That would be Michael Jackson. Well, Charles Spurgeon was called the prince of of preachers, not the king of preachers, but the prince of pre- preachers. And he was someone who was a really big deal in his day. And so for someone like me, who's a pastor, we kind of geek out on guys like Charles Spurgeon, because there's someone who was very influential even all these years later. Charles Spurgeon began to pastor the Metropolitan Tabernacle Church in London um, in 1853. He pastored there for 39 years, a long time. He was there, and in his tenure during that time, it became the largest church in the world. That's a big deal, right? And so even beyond doing that, uh, he started a college for pastors. He started an orphanage, and by some accounts, in his lifetime, he preached to, in person, about 10 million people. That's a whole lot of people. And sometimes he would preach up to 10 times a week. This is why this guy was the prince of preachers. He had it going on. I mean, this guy's scorecard for the kingdom of God was pretty amazing. Very influential, even all of these years later, still influencing people, still influencing future generations, and his legacy and his work continues to this day to inspire us, and he was a really big deal. But here's what's really interesting about Charles Spurgeon, that he openly and honestly communicated that he struggled with 
depression. Now, at this time, there wasn't the clinical depression that we know and understand that it was a medical thing. They didn't understand that then, and he probably would have been diagnosed as someone who had clinical depression. But it was something that he explained and he talked about even to his congregation. He was very open. He was transparent in his struggles and probably, honestly, only added to his draw and allure as a pastor. And so he would talk about this, how he, he wrestled with depression and even everything that he accomplished, everything that he had done, all the good things that have happened in his life that he did for God. He was someone that wrestled with depression, wrestled with the darkness. Matter of fact, here he is in his own words. He says, before any great achievement, some measure of the same depression is very usual. Such is my experience when I first became pastor in London. My success appalled me. The thought of the career which it seemed to open up so far from elating me cast me into the lowest depth, out of which I uttered in my misery and found no room for Gloria in excelsis. Man, someone who experienced so much, someone who's seen so much success in his life, in the kingdom of God, and doing great things, great exploits, being so transparent and honest and saying that before something good usually happened, before the breakthrough happened, typically went through a pretty low part. He goes on to explain that depression almost became something like a prophetic voice in his life, knowing that when it showed up, kind of like John the Baptist coming before Jesus, that any time depression showed its head, it pretty much showed that enduring that and going through that meant that God was preparing something on the other side. And I think he was on to something that we can learn about. And honestly, it's something that I can identify with personally. If you've been around Treeline any length of time, you've heard us share our story. You've heard me share the woes and how difficult and how challenging and overwhelming it is. Matter of fact, one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult thing I have ever done, especially in my professional ministry life, was to plant a church. To see something start from nothing. Asking all the questions, God, are you sure? Did we miss this? Where are the people going to come from? Where are the resources and the finances? Where will we meet all the challenges, all the obstacles, all the impossibilities, all the hurdles that we had to face? And honestly, from time to time felt incredibly overwhelming. And like Spurgeon, I could say that I felt pretty low at times and pretty sometimes went through some really big challenges and just feeling that depression and that weight and feeling overwhelmed and the obstacles that we face. And, and it's something that's not new and that's not unique for me, but something that we've got to understand is that sometimes opposition is just simply God breaking ground for our future. Sometimes it's just him getting things ready and setting us up for what he has. And I can identify with that too because seeing and looking back all the struggles, all the challenges, it's so encouraging to me to see the life change that continues to happen. To get text messages from people who are excited about what's happening in their small group that in the midst of a trying time that they can be a support for each other. To see people who are making decisions for Christ getting, going public in their faith with water baptism. To see kids who are excited to come to church and, and students who are inviting their friends to youth group and coming. That, that to me is so exciting exciting in the fruit and seeing that everything that we went through, all the opposition that we faced, all the challenges, the depression, the dark days, knowing that God has continued to be faithful as we've pressed through. Because here's what I know to be true. Anything worth doing is uphill. Anything that's worth doing, anything that's going to bring achievement, anything that is going to bring us success and, and all those great things, all those great moments, the things that we long for, it's going to be work. Where they say opportunity often, often looks like we're overhauls and a shovel. It just looks like work. It's an opportunity to put the work in. And this is so true in our life. And it's not just about ministry. It's not about just the exploits we can do for the kingdom of God. But the same thing is true in our lives. And I've experienced this, and I'm sure you have too, in our relationships. 
in our marriage and with our children and raising them and in other relationships with other family members or a job or a career or school, whatever it is, there are seasons of life where we will go through the darkness. There are seasons of life where we will have opposition. And a lot of times when people go through the darkness, when they face the opposition, many people at that point throw in the towel and they quit because it gets too difficult. But see, there's nothing wrong with opposition because many times opposition is just us being on the brink of a breakthrough. And there's two things that I want to leave us with today. Two things I want you to get. And the first one we've kind of already started to unpack, and, and Spurgeon helped us out with that, and, th- and it's this. It's always dark before the dawn. It's always dark before the dawn. And what does that kind of mean? You've probably heard that saying before, and you really think about it. It's kind of true that at the dawn, where the day breaks, when the sun rises again, that it's been the darkest, the longest. The sun's set, and there's a certain amount of time that it's dark, and it's always the darkest, the longest amount of time in the darkness till the sun comes up. The day breaks. It's a new day. The sun comes back, right? And it's been darkest to the dawn up to that point. And the same thing happens in our life, that it can be the darkest until that moment comes. And the same thing is true that wherever you're relocating, maybe starting a new job, maybe in a career, maybe it's just been a challenging season for you in a relationship, maybe it's been a grieving or a loss and figuring out what that new normal, that's something they tell us as you lean into the grief process, that the things don't ever go back to the way that they were. When we, when we lose someone, we face such life-changing grief, we have to find a new normal and that's challenging, that's hard, it's difficult to learn to live with that. Or maybe it's a midlife crisis where things didn't quite look the way that we thought that they would. Maybe we didn't, life didn't turn out to the expectations that we had 10, 20 years ago, and we're looking at our life and trying to figure out where did all the time go, and where is the accomplishment that we thought that we have achieved up to this point. Or maybe like Spurgeon, it's a season, season of depression, of things, maybe things seems on the outside, it should be fine, and things should be good, but for some reason, we just can't seem to find the joy, or maybe something that shouldn't be such a big deal, but it just brings us down, and we feel so alone. We feel so isolated. We feel like a failure. And sometimes we wonder what life is all about. And we're not just really living life. We're just merely existing. See, I don't know where you're at in that spectrum. I don't know. Maybe things are going great for you at the end of this year and end of 2020. But maybe for you, it's not been such a great time. Maybe it has been a dark season. And if you're there, can you just allow me to bring you some hope today? Can I just be your personal cheerleader, whatever it is that you're watching or listening today, and let you know that there is hope, that the sun will rise again, that the day will break, that if you're at the point of the darkest, just hold on and know that there is hope, that God is the light and he's going to shine forth in your life and that it won't stay dark forever. Matter of fact, some verse that I think will really encourage you is Isaiah 58 verse 8 says, God will shed his own glorious light upon you. He will heal you. Your godliness will lead you forward. Your goodness will be a shield before you and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Man, he's saying, I got you, baby. My light is going to show up and it's going to heal you. Malachi 4, 2 says, but for you who fear my name, those who respect me, honor me, follow me, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. I mean, you had me there for a minute, Malachi, until at the end, like, what's the whole thing about calves being out let to pasture? Well, I've never let a cow or a calf out to pasture before, but I've definitely let kids out the door who are ready to get outside and play. Maybe you've experienced that or had some kids in a van or in a car for a couple hours and everyone's kind of ready to get out and being done, being cooped up. And I, I kind of picture that in my head. That's what these calves are like being released, the joy that they have leaping, frolicking 
and the pasture. And the same thing is true that the son of righteousness will show up with healing in his wings. Friends, don't give up hope. Don't lose hope. Know that God is with you. See, God said in the beginning, when he created it all, when he created the heavens, earth, and how he started the whole thing, he said, let there be light. Let there be light. He separated the light from the darkness. What a, what a great idea. There was darkness, void. There was nothing. He said, let there be light, that there's no more darkness. Now there is light inside the darkness. But see, he didn't just say, let there be light. God actually is light. First John 1 5 says, this is the message God has given us to pass on to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I love that, that God is light. He said, let there be light, but that he is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Basically, the darkness doesn't have a chance. That no matter what darkness that you're going through, no matter what you are facing, that the darkness cannot outlast God's light because in him there is light and he will outshine the darkness. So I don't know what the darkness that you're facing through, but the light is still shining, that the light is still there, that it is usually before the dawn. It is the darkest. That's the first thing that we've got to hang on to. The second one is this, is that you've got to widen your aperture. Widen your aperture. Now this one I should probably let Caleb or, or Jasmine who are photographers, they should probably talk about this, but I'll try to not mess it up and speak more than I know. You've got to open your aperture. What does that mean? Or a camera, there's a physical aperture where it just lets in a certain amount of light. And the more that you open it up, the more light it lets in. And think of it in the same way of like a human eye or your eyeball. That when you, your, when you go into a dark room or you're in somewhere that's outside and there's low light, your eyes open up, they widen, right? It lets more light in. And the same thing is true when you go into a bright light around the sun. They get really tiny, right? They're like little dots. The same thing is true with camera. You have to tell it to do that. You have to open your aperture and let more light in a low light situation. Now, here's what's interesting about that. That when you open up your aperture in a low light situation, it reduces the amount of focus. It creates something, a shallow depth of field. What does that mean? It just basically means there's a precise amount of focus. What you can focus on is limited when you open that aperture and let a lot of light in. What does that have to do with our life? Well, there's a really great example of this in the Bible. See, some of Jesus' disciples were on a boat and it was storming and they're kind of freaking out and not sure what to do. And Peter's there, one of them on the boat. And you may have heard this story before. And all of a sudden they see something coming across the water, literally walking on the waves and they freak out. They're like, it's a ghost. And someone's like, no, you fool, that's Jesus. And they see Jesus walking on and Peter does something in this low light situation. He opens up his aperture and he begins to see Jesus. And because his aperture is open, he's letting that light in in something that is a storm, a difficult season. He only has his focus on Jesus. Jesus, and he does the unthinkable. He steps out of the boat and begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. But then something happens. He begins to reduce that aperture and then his focus gets wide open and it's no longer on Jesus anymore, but it's on everything else, the storm, the wind, the waves. And he kind of starts freaking out and he begins to sink and he begins to take his eyes off Jesus. And so it's so important that we begin to open our aperture, let the light in when we're in a dark situation to allow that light in. And I love this, that it brings focus to us, that our focus can only be on Jesus in those moments. That even though it's low light, even though you're going through a storm, we're not ignoring the storm. We're not pretending like difficult things don't happen in our life. Friends, difficult things will happen. We will go through the darkness. But when we open that aperture, when we let more light into our life, it's going to bring that focus to a point where we can't focus on everything else going on, everything that's going wrong, but instead we bring it on our focus on Jesus. 
We put our focus on him. Let me give you a good definition for doubt. See, doubt is simply letting circumstances get between you and God. Doubt is letting your circumstances, whatever it's you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever the problem is, it's allowing those to get between you and God. But faith is the opposite. Faith is putting God between you and your circumstances. It's kind of like the lens through which you see life. Do you see it through doubt and filtering God through the circumstance, the difficulty that you're going? Are you saying, I know what I'm going through. I know it's difficult. I know this isn't easy. I know this seems impossible. I know it doesn't seem that there's any way or that I'll get out of this darkness, but instead I'm going to put God between me and that difficulty that I'm going through. I'm going to have faith. So how do we widen our aperture? What are some practical ways that we can begin to do that in our life? Well, the first one is this. As we come to the end of the year, New Year's just right around the corner. And this is something I've encouraged you to do before. I just want to throw out this challenge once again. This is something that I've done is read through the Bible in the year. You're like, whoa, read through the whole Bible in the year? Yes, I've done it. So that means if I can do it, then I can encourage you and challenge you to do it as well. There's some great tools that help you do it. You can actually, one of the best ones that I would recommend is called the Bible Project. There's an app you can download. Go do it right now. There's a website you can get on a follow. You put your start date in and it'll break out the Bible for the whole year. If you miss a day, it'll all be there and you can go back and jump in. And the great thing about the Bible Project is it puts other videos in there that you can learn about the Word of God. It'll explain things that might be a little bit challenging or difficult to understand historically or culturally that were going on in our lives or help us understand how it applies to our life. But here's what I know. If you spend time reading the Bible and you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you're going to be opening that aperture wide open and bringing a whole lot of light into your life. If you're spending time in God's word daily, you are really letting some light into your life. The second one is this, and this might sound a little familiar to you, is to start a gratitude journal. Some of you thought I forgot the homework. I didn't. Remember a couple weeks ago, I said, hey, we're going to write something down we're thankful for, three of them a day for the next three weeks. How'd you do on that assignment? We were in the season of thanks and thanksgiving. We said, hey, let's be gratitude, let's cultivate gratitude in our lives. But here's the good news. You don't have to do that just around Thanksgiving. You can do that through the whole year. And the more that you put your focus and understanding the things that you have to be thankful for, it opens up that aperture and lets light into your life and put your focus on the things that are truly important, the things that are good in life. The last one is this. How can you let more light in? How can you open that aperture? Is to serve and give to others. Be generous. Give to others. One of the greatest things that you can do to bring light into your life is to be a light into someone else's. Matter of fact, if we would go back and read Isaiah 58 again and start one verse before in verse 7. Take a look at what it says. It says, I want you to share your food with the hungry and bring right into your own homes those who are helpless, poor, and destitute. Clothe those who are cold and don't hide from relatives who need your help. And then we get to that promise in verse 8. If you do these things, God will shed his own glorious light upon you and he will heal you. See, friends, what we've got to know and get to and understand in the context of that verse, yeah, God's going to show up with his light in our life in the darkness, but it happens when we serve and give back to others. Understand that God created this people. He created all of mankind and that he loves them and he's desperate to have a relationship with them and that we have the opportunity to serve and love one another, that we can meet needs of people who are in need. 
that we can become aware of the people even outside of our own life and not just be focused on our own needs and the things that we want and the things that we desire, the things that we want to accomplish, but have our eyes open to the needs of the world around us. That there are people who are alone and isolated, that there are people who are in physical need or in poverty, that those are people who need clothes, who need food, who need to hear the good news of God, that they may not be starving when they might have food, but they may be spiritually bankrupt and they need to know of a God who loves and cares for them. And if we want to let light into our life, we've got to give it to others. And something amazing happens when we begin to serve others, when we begin to give back, when we give generously, when we give of our finances, when we give of our time to serve and meet the needs of others, something amazing happens. That light begins to flood our own life and the darkness that we face begins to fade because of the light that we are able to bring to others. I've experienced this in so many ways, even in my own life. Many times people think that pastors have capes on and we're some kind of superhero and that we don't have feelings or go through any difficult things or have any challenges and sin has no chance in our life. <laughs> I've got to drink from the grace, uh, well of grace, much more than anyone else. I need, I need God's grace. I need his forgiveness. I need his strength. And friends, I go through hurts and I have struggles. If you've been around Treeline or you've been around me, you know a little bit of my story and something that we're facing is coming up into this year in December um, will be eight years from when we lost our daughter, Emery, that we had a little um, perfect girl on December 12th, 2012, and coming up here soon will be her eighth birthday, and a few days after she was born, um, she passed away. It was one of the most difficult and honestly, uh, some of the darkest moments of my life for me and for Christy, which is a very difficult thing. And I, I, if you know the pain and the sting of losing a child, of having to bury one of your own children, it, it's a very difficult and very painful thing and one of the darkest moments um, of my life. But here's the good news. The light that I got to experience of God's love and God's grace. You know how I experienced that? You know how we as a family experienced that? It was through other believers, through other people who were following after Jesus, who experienced and showed us his light. It was people who came around us and, and prayed for us as a small group, who just showed up at our door and loved us and didn't have the right words to say, just let us cry with them. It was some very generous people who took up some money and sent me and my family to Disney a few weeks later so that we could create some new memories and laugh again and try to get out of that darkness and that depression that we were facing. It was people who just simply loved us where we were and when we thought we received enough grace that they were still there to offer more, to shine his light so that we could experience the love of God. But we experienced that love of God and that grace that got us through to experience healing, to, heal, to experience restoration, to get out of that darkness. It came, yes, from the Father, there's love, but from people here on the earth who were his hands and feet and showed it to us. Matter of fact, it reminds me of Matthew 5, 16, when it said this, don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly father. See, the light that God has given us, that we can be a reflection of his light. That in the midst of the darkness and what is going on, that we can be a reflection of his light. Just like we read that the light, that the darkness doesn't have a chance with God. That it isn't no darkness because of his light and that we can reflect that light to others. And that people can know the Father's love because of the light that shines in him through us. Friends, I just want to encourage you that in this season, the matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, to know that there is hope that it often is darkest before the dawn. 
and to encourage you to widen that aperture, find ways to let light. If you're going through some darkness, if you're going through some difficulty, spending time in God's word, spending time focusing on what you're gratitude and grateful for, spending time focusing and serving and giving to others. But I just want to encourage you, for us as the church, this is what it's about, that God has called us to be there for one another, to be there through difficult times. And make no mistake, in this year, more than ever, we need each other as the body of Christ. Friends, don't hide your light. Just because we're social distant doesn't mean that we should distant our light from a world that desperately needs it. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I thank you for the light that you have shown. And God, I just pray for every single person who may be facing something difficult, who's going through some darkness, who's going through some difficulty. Maybe it's a, a grief or a letting go or something that's a, a relational difficulty or finance. Whatever it is, God, I just pray that they would hope in knowing that you can be a light in a dark situation. God, I pray that they would draw close to you. God, in the darker their situation is, God, I pray that they would grow closer to you, God. Because even through the darkness, no matter what, the light still shines. So God, I pray that they would know that there is hope in you, that they would draw close to you. Lord, I pray that you would help us as your believers, your followers, as the body of Christ to shine our light on others. Why? So that they could see your see our good deeds to know you. God, I thank you for that. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to care and love for each other. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us and got some great things coming up to share with you at the end of the year. Some Christmas services we got planned and we got a Christmas Eve service in the works. So excited to share the details for you. And right around the corner is January and we'll be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting together. What an amazing time to be able to do that, um, especially coming out of this year. But we we'll just say thank you for joining us. We're so glad to have you with us and we look forward to connecting with you again real soon. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.